0: Yo, what's up, everybody? Man, now this episode of the Bullpen Podcast is definitely an interesting one. I was introduced to someone through a mutual friend, and um, this guy who goes by Anon1, aka AO, was actually a business strategist and a technical developer for none other than Bitconnect. <laughs> so, um, obviously, because there's an ongoing FBI investigation with them right now, obviously, I cannot push out information in regards to um, the credibility of this particular source. But nonetheless, I still thought it would be a really interesting podcast to put out because of the fact that um, they were giving a lot of information about pretty much what was happening behind the scenes. So, you already know. Let's do it. <music> Oh,
1: wait. One more thing before we get to the podcast. In this podcast, The Crypto Bully, any co-host and his guests do not give financial or investment advice and encourage you to do your own research on all topics mentioned. Do not invest into this market, what you can't afford to lose. I bet I know what you're thinking. Is this really Morgan Freeman? Well, unfortunately not. But Lyndon thought it would be a good idea to use such a soothing voice for the legal mumbo jumbo to smooth things over. Now, let's do it.
2: Now, entering the Bitcoin Podcast Network. Label! For the Bullpen Podcast, number nine, the Crypto Bully. Wow! <laughs> he makes it look so easy. And that ball has left the stadium!
0: Yo, what's up everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Bullpen Podcast. Y'all already know what's going on. And man, let me tell you guys, this episode... I think it's going to be a real interesting one. Um, I met a really interesting individual. Um, he goes by anon One, AKA AO, and um, this guy is, is is a pretty interesting individual. Man, he definitely has some skill sets um, that that gives him the ability to do some things. And he's actually worked on a particular uh, project that I'm sure everybody is familiar with. Everybody is familiar with, but. But uh, for different reasons. And that project is actually BitConnect. And um, kudos to this guy because uh, he was willing to to jump on a podcast with me and and talk a little bit just about the project and and things like that. So, you know, I already know everybody's dying to hear hear what's up. So without further ado, I'll I'll bring him in. What's going on, Anon? How you doing?
1: Hey, what's up?
0: Good, 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 man. Uh, Again, man. I super appreciate you coming on to the podcast, man, just willing to chat it up with me, Um, um, give listeners a little bit of insight into everything, man. But, um, you know, just before we even get into any of that, you want to give people just a little bit of your background, just some of the things you have experience with?
1: Uh, Yeah, well, I've worked with a lot of cryptocurrency-related projects. And uh, before that, I was into, you know, the usual projects like web development, network security, and a lot of like software bugs, testing and all this, it's been my background, like computer science. So uh, BitConnect was also one of my projects. And not only BitConnect, but a lot of the other projects uh, that a lot of people may know, uh, which turned out to be a scam. And uh, before I you know, talk more about them, I would first like to tell everyone that not every project comes up with an idea to scam people. It turns into a scam at a later stage. So it's not that if if there is a guy or whatever, uh, for some reason he or she is doing scam doesn't mean it was their first idea to do it. Of course, some people, they do, and we sometimes regard them as Nigerian scammers or whatever, but that's a different
0: case. Yeah, that's a a very good point. Yeah, that is a very good point because I've definitely ran into stuff like that to where um, things seems to be on an up and up talking to insiders and everything's cool. And all of a sudden exit scam or, you know, something crazy like that. Um, you know, I know, um, definitely with BitConnect, connect, it was one of those things I I, I was, big connect was one of those things I was kind of leery with from the jump only because just, you know, you don't see too many things like that in crypto that don't end up being scams. Um, so I was always kind of worried, uh, you know, about it from the front, but at the end of the day, I couldn't say it was until it actually happened. So like, For you, like, what was it like when they kind of first, well, let's say this. First, kind of, what was your involvement with BitConnect? What was it that you were doing? What were you a part of?
1: Okay, so the thing was I was more involved with the technical part, that is, like, the development. Mm -hmm. And I also included the coin development that you can see. And I was also involved with the business strategy. So how you would like market it, what would be the inflations, deflations, and uh, how we were going to go on with the marketing stuff. If people invest into us, how are we supposed to, you know, make money on it and give a return to it? Because even you know that uh, we were giving 1% a day, and which is actually a very big amount, to, like in current days, like you're getting your whole money back in 100 days. So, right, like, the on investment is 100 days, so... We had to manage that as well, and BitConnect was not only one. There was also this uh, one older project uh, called Green BTC, uh, and the coin was MCap. I know a lot of people do know about MCap. It was one of the top fifty coins in coin market cap, and that also, you know, turned out to be an exit scam. The uh, owner of uh, MCap, uh, named Amit Baj you know, got arrested and uh, in the similar and they had the similar plans like people would invest bitcoin and they would get returns on it on per day basis so that was the thing i was more involved in the business strategy and development
0: Gotcha. Okay. So question, when BitConnect first came to you, right, and they were like, hey, we want you to do this, this and this involve, involve you in this particular project. Was there anything really with you that kind of raised any red flags? Were you skeptical? Were they like, did they tell you kind of how everything worked up front? Or was it more just they kind of came to you, you know, it was like, hey, we want you to do this. and And then you just kind of went on from there.
1: Uh, the thing is, uh, our initial plan was like people would invest uh, money, uh, not money, but you know, BTCs. Mm-hmm. And our idea was to trade on those BTCs because everyone knew uh, that in those days, all coins were booming. So, and the, uh, the only way to, you know, for the project to survive and the project was for the reason that people would invest, we would trade on it and give them money. So we also had uh, you know like bots trading for us, and we were also doing manual tradings. Uh, in fact, uh, at the year 2017, we had completely moved from like we first had our team doing the trading, the bots doing the trading, and then we completely uh, you know gave that job remotely to the traders in Indonesia and some uh, other traders around the world who were very talented. And they did trading for us, uh, but all was done remotely. They did not have, you know, direct. Uh, uh, I would say like access to the exchanges, wallets, and so on. And this was the thing. We didn't came up with scam. Actually, I would not say we, but they, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> they, they came up with scam. Even I didn't come up with scam. And later on, when uh, suddenly the Bitcoin prices increased, and uh, and then all of a sudden, on as people know, in January. Uh, not January, but December, two thousand eighteen. Uh, the Bitcoin, uh, sorry, two thousand seventeen. Right. The Bitcoin crashed, and uh, that was the time that uh, you know I was I was gone. You know, after all the developments done, after the business strategies done, uh, everything done, and as I had not done any paperwork, so I was just completely removed from the team. That is the day when I understood the value of paperwork and keeping everything in place. So, I didn't I didn't even get paid, not like, not enoughly paid for whatever I did. And, uh, yeah. So, as I said, the same thing happened with the Gain BTC. That is MCAP. So, we have BitConnect coin and we have MCAP. And both of these coins, they lost <laughs> due to the reason that uh, the BTC, we was just all of a sudden crashed and Uh, the members within the team, uh, that is both for the MCAP and for BitConnect, they were all, you know, in a way, they were cheating uh, with the internal members. Like, uh, um, for example, in the case of Amit Bharatwaj, whenever there was some offline transactions being made, that is like in fiat currencies, so these guys, they were doing some, uh, you know, auditing scams, I would say. Like, over here, I said that I received uh, 6 lakhs, but in the ledger, I would say that I only got 5 lakhs and so on. So, 5 lakhs, I'm saying, is because the currency for India is rupees and uh, a 100,000 means a lakh. So, so these are the things. So, uh, the thing is, in the case of AMCAP, the internal members turned it out to be a scam because they did scams within the company, within the team members, and they had to, you know do an exit scam. Whereas BitConnect is concerned, BitConnect lost due to the all of a sudden downfall of Bitcoin from a very all-time high price. And uh, yeah, the company had to do another exit scam that we all know as BitConnect X. Uh, this was a move planned by Mr. Darzi uh, That has, uh, you know, he has been arrested last year. Right. And they had to do a BitConnect X scam. And not only that, they you know accepted uh, BitConnect, but also few other currencies like Bitcoin, Litecoin, etc. For that ICO as an investment, and that is the that was the move planned to completely get all the BitConnect uh, coins out of circulation. So it all went to the BitConnect uh, wallet of the company and boom, the market is
0: completely crashed. Wow. So then not only was BitConnect itself a scam, but they carried it basically BitConnect X to find kind of like a final way to make some extra money before they pretty much completely exited the market. Because I'm sure as most probably weren't, they weren't anticipating such a quick crash in the price of Bitcoin, right? Yes. Wow. So what's, man, so that's, that's, that's really interesting. So for example, when I think about all of that and what's going on, right, um, like, because I know you said, I mean, from what you said, right, you didn't even get paid for this. Um, you basically put in all of that work, all that time and the effort, and they didn't pay you. And you know what? That's actually a story that I kind of hear more often than not in crypto, a, a sad story, to be honest. But, like, how, you know, how does something like that get set up? I mean obviously you said you didn't fill out any paperwork initially. You just went in and started working, doing things. Is that always like a common thing? And then just from a business standpoint, what is it that, you know, made you feel comfortable into doing business with them that way? Cause it's definitely something I see often. Um, and I'm, I'm honestly just curious on, on your mindset behind that and kind of, you know, um, you know why it happened that way. Okay. So
1: the thing is, uh, <laughs> Whenever we are working without any paperwork done, especially the developers, there are two ways a developer gets cheated or cheats. So even the, it's not that only the developers get cheated, but even the developers cheat. For example, some of come uh, like some guy, like for example you, you come up with an idea with the, uh, with the developer. The developer takes a year or two, or depending on whatever the project is, develops it, and then. The developer doesn't really give that, you know, that particular script, software, source code, anything that is, to the one who gave the idea or to the team. The developer goes on and says, hey, I've made this, I'll take it along with me and I'll do it on my own. And what happens is, like, uh, nine out of ten times, they fail. The developers fail because developers are only, like, usually developers are only made to develop things, not to market them or sell them. Right this person is not the one who makes the product so we have that is why we have uh, paperwork and that is why we have like a like a structure that is like project ma- project manager product manager and then we have salesperson then we have marketing team operations team development team we all have things in place and that is when you know and this is not like <laughs> bitconnect was the first uh, i've been into like more than 15 projects and uh, I would say seven to eight projects, uh, or seven to eight projects. I was not paid at all. Yeah. And now I don't work hopefully, for anyone. I have a charge because earlier what I used to do was the, uh, the whoever that came up with the idea, he said, "Hey, this is so cool. If we can get this done, we'll get this much money. We'll get this much that, whatever." And I was like, "Yeah, okay, fine, I'll do it." And when I did it. They just took it away or the project didn't work well and you know i just gave my whole time and energy and everything because I i just do it with complete like perfection yeah
0: yeah yeah so basically you obviously it sounds like you definitely learned from the scenario and basically always always have paperwork in place and stuff like that um like why? Okay. And another thing I'm curious about. So obviously you said they were using bots to trade at first. And then you guys went over to basically like, a, or they went over to a manual trading system in a sense of they used uh, uh, people manually from Indonesia question. Why is it that they decided to go from the bots to the manual trading? Was it that those people were getting better results than the bots or, you know, I'm just, I, don't, I don't even know if you know for sure, but do you know like what their idea was behind why they decided to make that move?
1: Uh, the thing is that uh, uh, trading bots, be it in crypto or whatever market, they only rely or they are only reliable when the markets are stable. Right. So and they work at a certain parameters. So we set a particular parameter like this much volume, this much, you know, like uh, MACD or whatever parameters depends on the trader. That trader particularly, you know, puts up his trading or his uh, uh trading strategy with the help of parameters and into the trading bot. Now, as you all know, that crypto market is very volatile, you know. They don't work in a particular parameter, especially the crypto markets. they don't actually follow the technical aspects. They all work in fundamental or emotional aspects. Mm-hmm. So, If I look at charts, well, you can't just simply look at chart of like Bitcoin and predict something because it may not be like that. Yeah. At the same time, if we look at uh, the regulated markets, and that is the reason they are called regulated, is because if you look at their charts, you can easily predict where the price will go or where it will not. That is why we have like, uh, SEC, that is Securities Exchange Commission, in place, because... Uh, you know, even in companies, what people do is they just uh, they start a rumor that the company is going to have like like they just spread a negative news like a, like an FUD that you call yeah. and the stock prices go down or they put up a positive rumor and the stock prices go up. And then, you know, the SEC does its job catching those people. So, crypto market is not regulated. Anyone can come up with any big name. Like, for example, we have uh, Mr. McPhee supposedly going to eat his dick. But Bitcoin doesn't reaches a certain <laughs> right. <laughs> point. So, yeah, so these are like the people who can just come up with anything, any rumors, and you know they can drive the market. So that is then uh, that we shifted more towards manual trading. And as the team members didn't have much time, I would say uh, they just hired. You know, like professional traders, especially those having good, you know, background in, in trading. And for that, we did what we did is like uh, BitConnect. Uh, they just gave like thousand dollars each to every trader, like a virtual money or actual money. And they were in that uh, every every trader gets uh, gets a thousand dollars, and they would trade for one week. And at the end of one week, whoever, you know, like the top 20, I would say, uh, the top 20 traders were selected and whatever they made in those one week, they were paid all that money. And then they were, you know, trading for BitConnect and they got a certain percentage for it. So this wow. was the trading plan.
0: Wow. Okay. Gotcha. Wow. That's man, <laughs> definitely specific. Um, so like, Oh wow, that's that's interesting. So they basically respect they were basically trying to find those top tier traders, and then I'm guessing those were gonna be the ones that were gonna be consistently trading, obviously to keep the system going, keep money coming through. Um like in your personal opinion, when once you actually knew all of this was happening, right, and you knew how they were doing this, did you feel like did you feel like BitConnect was going to be sustainable long-term? Did you not have an opinion? Did you pretty much know at some point in time it wasn't going to work anymore? Um, like how did you feel about it?
1: Uh, well, I did uh, have my analytics because I also hold a degree in business analytics or mm-hmm. in other, you call it like business intelligence. So I did what I have learned and the business was only going to be sustainable as long as the BTC's price were to be stable. Uh, or keep on going up until a drastic uh, downfall comes in. And it came in very soon than I expected. Right. Of, you know, a lot of, we have been hearing that USDT third, you know, they were the reason that caused you know, the B2C go up and they were the ones who dumped it. And even if we talk about uh, CBOE, that is the Chicago Board of Exchange. Right enabled, uh, you know, they enabled Bitcoin futures. And if you look uh, like at the chart, on 17th December 2017, Bitcoin was at the highest price. And that is the very same day CBOE, that is the Chicago Board of Exchange, uh, you know, was, uh, you know, they started Bitcoin futures and that was the very same day the Bitcoin went down as soon as the board released Bitcoin futures. Yeah. Uh, About, uh, like, weeks before the, uh, you know, before the beginning of Bitcoin futures on CBOE, the chairperson or the spokesperson said that they will do anything to, you know, completely destroy Bitcoin. And this was one of the moves. Now, as we know that Bitcoin futures has been delisted, completely stopped, uh, we might see a particular price uh, increase. And... uh, now the big news for the Bitcoin would obviously be that uh, the uh, the uh, proposal for ETF sent by Nasdaq gets approved, and I'm, I have a positive uh, positive feeling that it will be approved.
0: Wow, wow! And if that happens, what do you think? What do you think is going to be the case? Uh, the thing uh,
1: you know, uh, as we uh, as we compare it with the stock markets, so the stock markets are currently in trillions. You know, the worth yeah. isn't. And when there is a lot of market cap, the volatility decreases. So the booming that we were expecting in the year 2017 or uh, 16, 16 was like the best year I heard. So 16 was the best year, then 17 was also okay. So we won't see as much uh, price movement in altcoins and even in Bitcoin when this institutional money flows in Bitcoin. So...
0: Do you think. OK, so I have a question about that. Do you think that um, like if that happens, do you think there will be like kind of like an uh, onslaught where like initially prices go crazy and then things kind of stabilize out? Or do you feel like they'll stabilize from from the jump? Like you just feel like they'll be kind of like a a, a slow, more of a, of a sustainable, slower growth, basically, once they, they get that. OK.
1: At the beginning, when the positive news will start coming up, the biggest positive news would be the adoption uh, of Bitcoin on Amazon. And they are already working on it. Mm. So, this will also be a big news when people say the block reward halving. Well, I don't think the block reward halving will be a big news, but let's see what comes up because... Uh, the you know we can already see the Litecoin, you know, prices are being reduced. It did went up for a few days, now it's not going up, it's quite stabilized. Uh, there's quite a resistance, especially in the dollar one fifty area, up to dollar one fifty area. If it crosses, then it will go as high as one seventy. And then the same thing goes for Bitcoin.
0: Yeah. So
1: Bitcoin will go up, you know, it will it will go up more than the all-time high, that is nineteen thousand eight hundred and something dollars. That was on the coinbase recorded about last last year so it will shoot up and then it will stabilize and then we can't expect much of uh, like those volatilities that we were expecting
0: yeah like we were getting but we were getting in those days yeah that was all season <laughs> wow wow Wow. crazy crazy um man it's all right so <laughs> it's, it's crazy so when I think about this man if if the market does have a major upswing and you know more people become interested back in crypto and we have something comparable to like you know the uh the summer of 2017 where altcoins were just going nuts and stuff do you think we'll end up seeing more like uh mcap and and bitconnect connect type companies come back around do you feel like that'll be a thing
1: oh well I think that might come in, but not in in the way BitConnect was running. It would be more like, they would be more fair enough. If I were to launch something like this, I would completely say, hey, invest your BTCs over here. You can see them that they are being traded on these exchanges, that exchanges. Okay, people can see them being traded. And uh, yeah, so they can just simply see their money being traded. They can set like levels, high, medium, low risk. Yeah. Yeah. I just shared a business
0: plan with it. Now I hope someone would come up with this. If not, then I'll be sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's like, then I'll do it. <laughs> Man. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, another thing actually I think about with BitConnect, right? So pretty much, if I understand correctly, pretty much when, when Bitcoin started to tank and that price went down, you pretty much knew at that point BitConnect was, was at some point in time was going to go down, right? Um, yeah. Now, right, everything happened the way it happened. They basically exit scammed. They had um, the BitConnect X, which obviously was was a scam, right? Yeah. All of this happened. Um, the creator and owner of that got arrested. What type yeah. of pressure did that put on you? What, were were police or FBI? You know, trying to talk to you, get to you information. Did they not bother you at all? Like, what I guess what role did you have to play in that portion of it? Uh,
1: the thing is, as there were no paperwork, so there was like kind of no evidence of who made it, like the creator-developers. And in fact, uh, BitConnect came into existence in the year 2016. Uh And it was the same year that I was, you know, away from BitConnect. So I was not like uh, that much involved and particularly uh, even during the good times and even during the scammy times. So I was into the development and strategy and that's it. I left in 2016, and it came into 2016.
0: So, gotcha. Okay, okay. And did, did so? Did you even have to deal with the uh, feds at all, or any type of police force, anything uh, like that?
1: Well, I am actually in contact with the federal. Uh, so, in federal, in a way that uh, if people do some little bit of Google search, they can find that the FBI is currently having an like an online page to know more insights, and they will keep, you know, the identity anonymous, so I've done, I've given a lot of information from my end, and that helped, you know, the FBI do so.
0: Oh, wow, nice, okay, so you, wow, definitely, that, I'm sure people are thankful like that, I mean, obviously, from this conversation, you definitely know about some stuff that was going on, so uh to know that you kind of put that information out there for you to kind of help them, uh, that's good to know, man, I definitely, uh I'm sure people can appreciate that, man, I really, like, do you think, um, man, with the way that went, do you think there's any hope of people actually getting their money back? Um, like, cause I know it was a lot of money that they ran off with. I think it was like something like I think they said like thirteen, fourteen million or so. I think a little bit over fourteen million. Um, do you think there'll be any hope of people actually getting that money back, or do you think it's just kind of going at this point?
1: Well, as far as I would say, Indian users are concerned um we are we are we just recently you know coming up with news about a new draft uh, of a bill that would be that should be or that would be passed in the in the constitution that says that uh, any indian buying selling holding or even disposing or dealing with cryptocurrency directly or indirectly would be in a big trouble that would land him in jail for 10 years so yeah anyway, Even if the, you know, the owner comes up and to give, you know, he'd be still in trouble because he will be breaking the law that is holding and transferring and dealing in Bitcoin. That's the other part. And the other part is even if they override this, the Indian users will not be compensated because then they will be in trouble. Because, you know, we all know there was this exchange hack uh, that we all know, the biggest exchange hack, Matt Cox. And uh, a lot of you know, th- thousands of bitcoins. were well, you know, they were stolen, but initially they were not stolen. They were kept with the exchange, and uh, even now the you, you know the users of Mad have not been you know given their money back. So, right, expect anything uh,
0: in a year or two. I would say it's not possible. Gotcha. So it's, it's going to take some time, and. Um... Another thing you brought up man that i i i completely forgot I had covered this actually on uh, on my um on my uh, YouTube live stream, Crypto Legends, with, with my co-host, uh, Ross. And we were talking about the whole India thing with them banning, uh, possibly banning cryptocurrencies, man, and getting up to 10-year jail sentences. That's crazy, I think. Um, like, do you really feel like that's possible to, to actually pass? Like, do you feel like there's a good chance for that to pass? Or do you think it's something that's that's kind of they're using to almost kind of control and scare the citizens there? Um, Just, you know.
1: It is a move to scare, and uh, I would say th- this all is, a, you know, like a paid news, I would say. Got because you. there is no evidence, even if, uh, you know, the writer, uh, or, I mean, the one who wrote, uh, I mean, the author, for a particular who posted it, uh, he, you know, took a snapshot of the bill and, you know, posted it on uh, Twitter. And over there, it was mentioning, according, or these, you know, like, these punishments would be made according to Section uh, 8. And the section 8 has not been you know, mentioned, like what that section 8 says. Right. And and the other thing, you know, that I feel is scammy in, in the bill is that they are saying that no one can buy, sell, you know, hold or even dispose of the cryptocurrency. And if someone is holding cryptocurrency, they have to declare it within 30 days mm-hmm. and have to, you know, like dispose it off. All right. So first of all, who will know I have a cryptocurrency? Does anyone like? Can I know how much cryptocurrency you have until or unless you don't tell me, right? Right. If I put a you know like a gun on your head, that's a different case. So, so um, well, uh, so these were the things. And the other thing is that they have you know proposed uh, the idea of a new digital currency that would be called as digital rupee. So rupee is the currency of uh, India and. Uh, what I feel is that, you know, a lot of the developers, even when we talk about Bitcoin cash, they had this pre-mine, uh-huh. you know, and uh, people, you know, they had an idea that these would be dumped. A 10,000 Bitcoin cash were already pre-mined at a particular block. Uh-huh. And a yeah. little, little rupee, even if they get it, you know, in place, they won't make it open source so that people can, you know, dig into the code and see what's uh, what does the code has to say. And uh, I have, a, you know, quite a strong feeling that these, even if digital rupee comes into place, yeah. the developers would keep a big amount, like in billions, as pre-mined, and we will not know about it. And, uh, you know, what they'll do is whenever, if the rupee price increases, like the digital rupee, if the price increases, then what they'll do is they'll sell off to suppress the price. Just yeah. like it's happening in Ripple.
0: 100%. Yeah, and I I agree with that. That's something that scares me about yeah. cryptocurrency. When you mix it with uh, when you mix it with a uh, uh, um, uh, fiat based system, the way they work, it's like the whole point. Generally, you think of the way cryptocurrency works is to be deflationary, and you think about governments that they get their hands on this and they use it in the same way. And that's why I say that's why that's why I I do not like Ripple. I don't like it because I really feel like it's just uh it's a it's a it's a shit show waiting to happen <laughs> like honestly and I, I you know and i worry about stuff like that cuz I, I think of like imagine if you have the us dollar right and it was you know uh pushed out digitally in a digital currency i'm like man i feel like there's going to be more control over money than there ever has been before because of the way that they can track it it's definitely going to be centralized in one way shape or another even if they say it's not um on top of that uh you know, if, if they take the route and say that, that the that, you know, there's no max supply, it's like, yo, we're just doing the exact same thing we've been doing all over again, except now they really can track everything and everybody the way they use it. Um, and,
1: and that is why, you know, Bitcoin will not prevail for a longer time, and to a quantum prediction, uh, you know, there was a blog that was made, and then suddenly it was, like, within two hours, it was, you know, removed from a lot of websites, so... I still have that blog and uh, I'll probably share it with you sometime. That blog, you know, it says that after some time Bitcoin will just completely, you know, like go down and a new market king would come up.
0: Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm.
1: And uh, the uh, future of uh, quantum proof coins is very bright. Uh, the, like, currently we have IOTA and some other coins, but IOTA is like among the top 50 points. So I think it's not even like top 50 right now, maybe it's gone down. So IOTA is a quantum proof coin, quantum proof in a way that uh, the private key for that coin uh, or like the uh, encryptions can't be calculated. Right. Uh, You know, like not like calculated, it can be calculated, but uh, it's quantum proof in a way like even the quantum computers can't break it. So uh, currently... Uh, quantum computers are not in mainstream. Uh, they are being made and just recently a company has made a, like like a home-based uh, quantum processor mm. that be like Intel's and uh, uh, AMD processor like the Ryzen ones you know these are all like the general home based processors so some company has come up with this uh, product for that is a quantum processor and if quantum computers become a streamline and they can easily break the private keys of Bitcoin break in the sense that they can easily calculate it. Right, and that is something is possible so if quantum com- As soon as quantum computers become streamlined, Bitcoin will be completely out and only the quantum proof coins and those coins which uh, are, you know, like anonymous coins that like we see, like we can't track from where they're coming and so on. The transactions can't be seen like Zcoin and the pivots. And uh, like Dash Dash is also not I, not I will not say Dash is an anonymous coin because it, it is only you know shuffling the coin that we call a coin join. And, and there has been an AI developed that can detect from where the where the coins are coming in. Uh, similarly, people might come up with this idea like they'll say, oh, uh, there's not a big deal. We can use you know like Bitcoin mixer or something well, a board has been developed and it can track from where the coins are coming in. So Bitcoin mixers will also not work, not even the dark web ones. And uh, Monero uh, has a good future, but only unless the quantum computers become a streamline and that's it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. um, Yeah. I agree with a lot of what you said. One, I definitely don't think Bitcoin will stay number one forever. I know there's a lot of people who think that and I just don't. And I, I, I saw that not even I saw that almost immediately when I got into like when I really got into crypto and got serious so um i definitely believe that's to be case and i think quantum quantum is definitely quantum proof coins is going to be a thing that's going to be important at some point in time i wouldn't even be surprised if we see second second layer solutions that come out to where it's like you know you can apply this to whatever particular cryptocurrency you have and it will protect that particular coin against quantum computing because i think that stuff is going to be important and then my my personal belief i think privacy coins are super important um andre antonopoulos i saw him Uh, Have a make a speech in person And one of the things he said he was like man I really hope we don't you know we don't Get it wrong Um, In cryptocurrency the way they did the internet You see they didn't make privacy uh, A concern when the internet first came about And now we're seeing about How that is a huge problem With a lot of these companies Taking advantage of our data And things like that And uh, he was just like Yeah, privacy should be A first layer thing That's something that should be built in To particular cryptocurrencies Because otherwise We're just going to basically Repeat history And we're going to have The same problem we had With the internet in crypto And uh, I think that's the case, man So I think privacy coins Are probably going to play A huge role As we move further down the road So when I think about You know, Monero, Zcash Um, you know, I'm a I'm a fan of Mimble Wimble with uh Green and Beam. I think I love those projects, man, because I think they're huge and they're important. So yeah, man, a lot of a lot of good points, man. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, no problem, man. Um, dude, (laughs) it's this uh this conversation was awesome, man. Uh uh AO AKA N nine one, man. I, I definitely appreciate you coming through and chatting it up and honestly sharing all of that that insider information on Big Connect to NCAP, man. It just giving a little bit on your perspective, man, when it comes to cryptocurrency in general. So um, dude, you, you already know, man, you're, you're always, uh, welcome on the show in case you ever get any, uh, any other inside information on anything really going on with crypto, man. And, um, you know, what, what would you say to anybody? Right. I, and this is a good question that I could think of at the moment. Right. When somebody's approached on a project by a project or by a company, right. And it has kind of a, a of an end cap or a bit connect feel, what kind of advice would you give them?
1: I'm glad you asked this question because I was thinking of interrupting you and, you know, just say it to the audience. Yeah. (laughs) So, good one. And a round of applause for Linjan for coming up with that question. (laughs) No problem. So, yeah. So, when you see a project, uh, you should look up for, like, a lot of people, like, right now, what they'll do is go and, and find a GitHub, Okay. Even if they go into GitHub, they will find, you know, they will find files over there, but you won't exactly know what those files are for. So, number one thing is, go and uh, search out for the, you know, the team member's profile. Yeah, uh, Look out for them on Facebook and other social media handles as well. Uh, because a lot of the projects, what they do is they just make a completely new LinkedIn account or they just fill that LinkedIn account with a lot of connections and so on. And, you know, so look out for those people try to do a, you know, deep search on them. Also, don't think that if some, you know, like a developer has been working on a very, you know, like on many projects, doesn't mean that this one would be the same developer because we can see a lot of, uh, you know, like the ICOs or whatever this crowdfundings, what they do is they, you know, like they use those pictures as imposters. Mm -hmm. I should be aware of it, so... If you see some big name, like for example, uh, McPhee or like any football star or anything, like we have seen this, uh, in a, like if we talk about flicks, so flicks were using those big names, like singers and footballers and so on, right? You, should, you know, and then later on, it was found that they were not involved with in those projects, they were just using. So you should definitely what you should do is if you see any big name and you, and you think that the name is pretty big, just make a tweet on Twitter and confirm it with the with that person. Like for example, Maxine. So you know, just make a tweet and is pretty you know active on Twitter. So he might come up in response saying, "Hey, oh no, I'm not on this project. I got the." the, the. <laughs> so right. this might be name And uh, yeah, that's the thing. And the other thing is uh, read the white paper. Not just the abstract because, uh, yeah, I know like in 2017s, people were only reading the abstract of the white paper, and these projects made sure that the abstract sounds really good. Right. A lot of the what they do is they make a really lengthy white paper so that even if someone wants to read it, won't read it. So I would say give it a read, it's about your money, and you should read it. Uh, some of the projects might even post like a one pager, read yeah. that too read the documentations they have, see if it is SEC compiling. I'm sure uh, most of those will not be, so that's not a big thing, but still check it. If it's an SEC compiler, that's a big yes, then check how the, you know, like the uh, tokenomics work, tokenomics or how the coins would work. Right. So, and think about it, like, do they really need a coin? Do, like, a lot of people come up with product-based ICOs, then, You know, when they make an announcement on Bitcoin talk, then they get comments such as, do you really need a coin for this or a token for that? So think about it, if it does really need uh, like the coin. Also, when they say blockchain based or anything that is on the blockchain, make sure that how the blockchain is being used on that software. Mm -hmm. For example, you have storage. So StorJ is like a decentralized cloud storage thing, and uh, it does use you know blockchain uh, for uh, for for the for the tokenomics and so on. So you know compare those things with the pre-existing projects that are pro- uh, you know, product-based. So like I said, StorJ. So this is how you should compare it, and uh, also if some project doesn't have team at all it doesn't mean that it is a scam it might be true but you have to give it a deep reading and you uh, know do some who is on the website see if you could find details i'm pretty sure most of the, or most of the time it's hidden yeah and so and yeah i would say like 10 out of 5 times it's mostly love based because even you know big names they don't survive at all. like for example we have a uh, uh, cryptarium and uh, the founder of Litecoin was also part of it, and it didn't went up. So even if the project is very good, we have Tommy Lee, you know, Cryptarium was, uh, the advisor of Cryptarium was Tommy Lee. Yeah. And, uh, it didn't went up, you know, you can see. The ROI has not even reached, at uh, not even at the break-even point. It's gone down. So I would say it's mostly on luck-based and you should more focus on the future part. Like, is this really going to sustain in the future? Because we can see a lot of the ICOs coming up with things that we won't actually use in our real life. Right. Uh, like for example, we have library credits. Well, not everyone will, you know, get library credits in the libraries or something. So, is <laughs> not going to work. You should think of solutions that are actually need it. Like, from now I would say like privacy is a big concern, right? So we support projects that, you know, have, a, have a theme of privacy, like Wimble, Wimble coins, uh, like beam and a lot of the other coins that came up. So beam or beam, beam yeah. and other things. And then we might come up with like some people might come up with other projects. If they are privacy oriented, check it out, how they're going to do it. Talk with the team and possibly have a chat See if they will do, like, uh, uh, Reddit EMAs or webinars or something, YouTube uh, podcast or something. Yep. See if it comes up from face to face. If they have a video with the team members that, you know, that is, like, a good thing.
0: Yep, man. That's some uh, some great advice, man. It's some really good advice, man. Uh, and I agree 100%, man. I always tell people to make sure you do some deep due diligence on projects if you're really going to invest, whether it be platforms like, you know, like, like, Bitconnect and MCap that offer you know um, you know pay returns daily or weekly whatever the case or just crypto projects in I would general into projects
1: that promise you that they'll give you a certain retain because even no one can say that they they will give you a certain retain. yeah, and I, yeah. You know, a lot of people they get attracted to this kind of things where they can see their money growing. But when they actually go on to withdraw that money, it asks you for more money <laughs> to withdraw that money. So. That, just steal it from that.
0: <laughs> yep, I agree, 100. percent That's what I tell people all the time. I'm like, hey, if somebody's promising you returns, I don't care how high or low it is, you should be worried because nobody has the ability to really promise that. And like I said, it's it's one thing to make money in an up market in a bull market. It's another thing to make money in a bear market, and it's it's definitely harder. It's not this easy thing to do, whether you're trading bots or not. So, yeah, man, I couldn't agree with you more. Honestly,
1: so, so. The, you know the team members should not be promising on the returns, but should be promising on the project, on the developments. If they are promising on project, on their developments, that is when you should, you know, should have a sense that yeah, they are more promising for the project and development, and not
0: returns. Right. Yep. Agree. I definitely agree.
1: It's really good. You don't have to worry about the returns. It will come up flying. <laughs> you don't have to worry right. if the project. Is uh, you know only focused on returns and not on development, then you know I should
0: just stay away from. It. Yep, definitely agree, man. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see see how things go in the crypto world in these next couple of months and years. Um, but I'm I'm feeling good, man. Hopefully, hopefully, you know things pick up and uh things start going in a more positive direction. We see less scams and things like that. But we all know how it goes, man. New technology, so it brings brings stuff like this naturally. But um. Yeah, man, again. Appreciate you uh stopping through and uh topping it up with us, man. Um man, highly appreciated. A lot of good insight, like I said, on a lot of good things, a lot of good good uh advice definitely for people, man. And you know, you're always welcome back on the podcast, and I whenever you want, man. Thank you. Cool, 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 man. Well, you guys already know, man. You know how I do it. So uh uh really appreciate everybody listening to this episode. And yeah, I mean you heard what AO said, man. Make sure you guys do strong due diligence uh, you know, on anything that you're interested in. Make sure you follow up, get in contact with team members, uh make sure you really go through and comb through and read the white paper, not just the one page, and really try to figure out what these uh what these projects are doing and if they're really solving a real issue. And yeah, just stay away from Big Connects and MCAPs because nobody I don't want I don't want to see anybody lose any money and i'm sure ao doesn't either so you know it's that simple so um yeah man that's it that's it we're good
2: (laughs) we'd like to thank everyone for your support here at the bullpen podcast all season long and look forward to having you at the next episode we'd also like to give a special thanks to the team behind the scenes that make this show possible Today's show notes can be found on our website at thebullpenpodcast.io forward slash post show stats. Also, don't forget to like and retweet us at one bullpen podcast. That's the number one bullpen podcast. And to watch Lyndon do some exciting and probably some weird things too, tune into the Snapchat at thecryptobully. That's at thecryptobully. It's been a pleasure, and see you at the next show. Good night, everyone.